Coming up on Podcast 1659, Google Maps integrates EV fast chargers. Could be a big one. Let's stick around. I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, big congratulations go to one particular Volkswagen EV plant, Stellantis, by a company that could give them a leg up in advanced driver assistance systems, and Honda help Germany with a virtual power plant. Those stories and a lot more coming up on the podcast today. So stick around. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for the weekend, Saturday 19th of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to. And we'll kick off with that big congratulations to Volkswagen, a VW plant making over 7,000 EVs in just one week. Volkswagen's electric car plant in Zwickau set a production record in the week from the 7th to the 11th of November. They actually made 7,100 electric cars, more than in any previous week in its history. Uh, The plant is now close to reaching maximum capacity. On average, according to the Electrive website, more than 1,400 electric cars were built daily during the week. So what was built there? Well, the Audi Q4 e-tron and its sportback sister car, if you like. The Cupra Born. Oh, I love that. Also built at that factory alongside the IDs 3, 4 and 5. Now, Jens Rota, who is chairman of the General Works Council, said what we need are parts, parts, parts. The production record shows that if the supply situation allows it, the workforce can deliver. The demand for our products is unbroken, and we want to continue to drive forward the group's electric targets. I'll pop a link to Electrive in the show notes so you can read more. Next, General Motors announcing an additional $45 million investment at their Indiana aluminium die-casting us about... Think, do I say that? Which way round should I say it? It's aluminium, not aluminium. Um, the aluminium die casting foundry uh, to expand the facility's production capacity of EV drive unit casings. It comes on top of a previous $51 million investment announced last December, almost a year ago now, to prepare the Bedford operations for the upcoming Chevy Silverado model. At the time, they were already making bits and bobs for the Hummer, and work at the facility begins immediately. GM has 150,000 reservations for the Silverado EV. That was July, they told us that, so it's going to be more by now. And don't forget, there's the GMC Sierra, there's the Hummer to think about as well, so lots of parts needed for those vehicles, and just more investment going into electric vehicles. All right, next in the news, and something that I joked about yesterday, kind of a half joke, a bit tongue-in-cheek, on the Inside EVs podcast, I was saying that of all the automotive software that's out there, a lot of it's very good, by the way. You, 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 get, you very rarely get in a car these days and think, well, this software, this infotainment system is woeful. But if you are ranking the software, Tesla is head and shoulders above everything in terms of the EV usability, how granular you can get in terms of the EV stuff, how snappy it is, the navigating to superchargers, blah, blah, blah. I think the, the Korean software is very good. I like it. But just having that big tablet experience, it suits me. I guess it's subjective. Let me know what you think, the best software out there in cars. But I was joking with all the layoffs at Twitter and Meta and... 
uh, you know, with Elon Musk as you know, his company now, uh, laying off people who don't want to work remotely, which was a benefit of working at Twitter, I was saying, well, actually, I think car companies can do a lot worse than actually employing Silicon Valley people or, you know, those people who are used to working in those kind of tech companies to bring just a different influence into the, into the car industry. For so long, car companies bought in the software from their, their suppliers and, and maybe they did it themselves. But it turns out, actually, <laughs> maybe I wasn't far off. Jaguar Land Rover want to capitalise on the mass layoffs at Meta and Twitter as they accelerate their push to become a data-first company. Autocar.co.uk says that JLR is offering almost 800 vacancies across China, Hungary, India, Ireland, the UK and the US. Hybrid working patterns uh, emphasised that likely targets the kind of people leaving Twitter. Many are reported to have left the company purely a result of the policy change of Mr. Musk saying, well, you must be in the office. If you can, if you are in America, get on a plane and come to San Francisco, please. And so... That's actually not a bad shout, Uh, especially, you know, if there's someone who is a super tech person, Silicon Valley kind of person who is into cars as well, and that's a perfect coming together of what they're into. That's an amazing opportunity to work at somewhere like Jaguar Land Rover and make a real difference. Wait and see where that goes. All right, moving on. I mentioned VinFast yesterday. I should point out, by the way, I didn't on yesterday's podcast. I said they hadn't shipped any vehicles yet. That's not true. VinFast have shipped their electric vehicles. They are making them. I did a bit bit of a disservice yesterday. They have delivered their VF8 vehicles to Vietnamese customers as of September. But the US car subscription company, Autonomy, has given a vote of confidence to VinFast and ordered 2,500 of their EVs. VinFast has yet to deliver their first vehicle in the US. But this deal with Autonomy is definitely a big deal, their biggest deal yet, they say, corporate deal. Uh, They will sell directly to customers with six retail locations in California and plans to buy other cars from Autonomy for their subscription service, the likes of Rivians, Lucids, Polestars, Toyotas, BMWs and Mercedes-Benzes. Over here, I've used the subscription service onto and had their co-founder, Rob Jolly, on a previous Saturday special. And uh, it's, you know, to get into an e EV, not the cheapest way to do it, obviously, and uh, there's other ways you could probably get yourself into an EV, particularly with the strong residuals at the minute. You know, if you buy and sell electric cars, um, I sold my first two Zoes for more than I bought them for, uh, but that was just crazy good timing. Um, but if you don't want the commitment, if you want the insurance or taken care of, etc., then it's interesting to look at these subscription services. I'll be keeping an eye on them now. Let's talk about Formula E. Next in the news, among a host of other updates to the racing format, Formula E will now have Attack Charge when it's back for its next series or season, uh, which starts in January, writes Elizabeth Blackstock for Jalopnik. The World Motorsport Council approved the uh, latest updates to Formula on attack charge and um, no hard date on when it will start it won't be at every race uh, and how it will work is in a portion of the race every car will take a 30 second pit stop in that 30 second pit stop um, you can recharge the cars the power output of the cars increases at select points in the remainder of the race to use up that extra power and they'll charge at 600 kilowatts as well which is pretty decent but you won't get a huge amount of juice in in 30 seconds but enough to give you an extra amount of power to overtake or get a move done and if all the cars have to do at least one pit stop then it equalizes any advantage of 
other cars deciding not to stop. Other big changes for the format include uh, a lap total, if that makes sense. Formula E has always been a a 45-minute race, which, you know, I get it, but motorsport open-wheeled series tend to be however many laps, right? And so they're going to a lap uh, limit, which makes more sense. It'll feel more like a proper race. Uh, Formula E continues to evolve. Now, something that's happening with electric vehicles, I'm not so sure about, and that is subscription services. And so Mercedes-Benz are adding the subscription service of acceleration (laughs) on their electric vehicles. A noticeable improvement, they say, of one second, 0-60 improvement. Adjustment of the motor, characteristic curve, torque, output, Increased acceleration, Uh, Mercedes-Benz say acceleration increase boosts this performance even further, increasing the motor output and torque significantly. Fine-tuning of the motors increases the motor output of your Mercedes-Benz EQS or EQE by 24%. Well, if the motor can do that out of the factory, can you please have it on the car, Mercedes-Benz? And they're going to charge 1,200 euros, I think it is. I'll look at the price. Um, per year, I think, to unlock acceleration boost. Like Tesla unlocked acceleration boost as a, for a one-off payment. I think that the move to electric vehicles will bring many advantages. But the move to a software-defined connected car, if you want to be all hoity-toity about it, I don't like that at all. Now, all cars will become more connected, more software-defined, but I don't like the idea that if you want to unlock more performance, you've got to pay for it. Look, it's been around in combustion cars as well, by the way, so it's not new. I just don't really like it. Now, let's talk about our headline story, Google Maps updating the maps to show fast-charging EV stations. An updated version of Google Maps on the Android and iPhone apps is rolling out with the ability to search for high-powered chargers. If you drive an EV, you can filter charging stations to find the most time-efficient stop. So, search for charging station, just those two words, in Google Maps, and you should now see you should a new option that allows you to filter out to show only fast charge stations they define fast charge as 50 kilowatts or more i think that's probably right uh because then you start to get into definitions of what people call ultra fast charging high power charging is it 150 or is it 350 so i get it well done google right coming up on the podcast soon we'll talk about mega charging ferries with electric power and uh, more battery swap stations rolling out in Europe. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Let's talk about that Stellantis story. They've acquired a company that does artificial intelligence and autonomous driving. They're called AI Motive, and Stellantis have acquired them, they say, for their new electric vehicles to embed software for self-driving, artificial intelligence, expertise in silicon and software simulation. Uh, Stellantis, don't forget they have their platforms, their STLA, small, medium, large, and frame, and they will integrate that driver assistance software into their future EVs as these kind of things become much more asked for in the next generation of all kinds of vehicles. You know, how much can the car drive itself? Now, what about electrifying every kind of transport? And what about ferries? Well, that is happening as well. And work is being done in the background, working to advance the electrification of marine vessels. Uh, There's a company called Wabtec, and they're working on a hyper-powered vessel battery charging system, or HypoBat. 
Nice. Uh, which is part of an EU initiative. It's megawatt charging, but it's not the megawatt charging standard that we talked about recently to recharge trucks and those kind of things. Uh, this is more about some sort of arm that will, you know, when a when a ferry docks in port, uh, it will some sort of arm would swing out and automatically connect up this big chunky charger and really be able to deliver a lot of juice into what would need to be lots of batteries as well. The project is developing uh, a fully automatic and safe electric uh, ship-to-shore connection system and the consortium is looking to reduce that connection time to 30 seconds and increase the charging times, or rather reduce the charging times, I should say. Uh, Next, we'll talk about battery swapping and NEO in Europe have opened up their first Swedish battery swap station just after the first cars went on sale in Sweden. The first battery swap station is on the E6 highway, which I'm reliably told between Gothenburg and Malmo is very busy. Unlike the vehicles that they sell in Norway and China, Neo only let you lease their vehicles in Germany, Netherlands, Denmark and Sweden. And But that's changing next year, as I mentioned, I think yesterday on the podcast. Now, General Motors are working on fixing Teslas. GM dealerships have repaired thousands of Teslas over the years, it turns out. This was a point made on an investor deck spotted by Barron's, the website, and this slide simply said that they repaired 11,180 Teslas and didn't elaborate. So people started doing some digging into this, and GM's president, Mark Rias, uh, talked about how GM dealers can make their own decision of what vehicles they fix and don't fix. Right to repair is a really big deal. And if GM dealerships want to tackle a Tesla repair, they are free to do so and have been. That's interesting. Honda have just taken part in a virtual power plant trial in Germany. Vehicle to grid technology uh, using Honda Ease. They couldn't have picked a car with a smaller battery to do this in. Honda used the vehicles in a pilot project to balance the grid and provide extra power uh, via CCS, bi-directional CCS chargers. Uh, Honda sees the development and this project as a step towards strengthening the role of electric vehicles and bi-directional technology. And I can't disagree with it, but can we stop doing trials, please, with six vehicles here and ten vehicles there to prove a point? We know it works. Bi-directional Chatamo or CCS, supporting the grid, supporting homes... I'm sure it's fabulously complicated to make work, but we know it works. So come on, let's have some bigger, bigger breakthroughs in this area. And finally, the US is investing in its electric grid. Now, everyone who knows nothing about electric vehicles will tell you, oh, but when we all plug them in at the same time, it's going to cause blackouts. Well, uh, there will be areas where the grid needs to be um, strengthened, reinforced, maybe at a local level. And the US Department of Energy is making $13 billion available to upgrade and expand the US electrical grid offered under Biden's infrastructure law. The $13 billion is called the Grid Resilience Innovative Partnership, or the GRIP program. Uh, Biden's GRIP program uh, generates 100% clean energy by 2035 and ensures that everybody has access to affordable, reliable, clean electricity. Very important. 
when we're recharging our cars as well. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Our premium partners, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley's YouTube channel. It's called EV Review Island. And you should subscribe and comment and like and all of those. Uh, Richard is at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map. Uh, Book your stays in Devon in five-star luxury at millbrookcottages.co.uk. And our latest sponsor, Lease Plan Electric Moments, providing all the tools and guides that EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.